This is JFM Podcast. Morning, the national chairman of the police community relations from the regular. It is time for us to unite and move the step forward to the absurd. News headlines get us talking. For every story that makes the headlines, you need experts and analysts. The complaint basically is they will say motivation. I mean, the page yeah, yeah, motivation and even the moral, and then we don't produce, we consume. You see, the social investment program was almost like a charity fund. Did it reach the poorest of the poor? And it what? You borrowed and dashed people's money. Dashed. Every weekday from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., join Ponsa Fanab and Gilbert Joseph on Nigeria at Sunset as they dissect trending political and social issues, bringing light to darkness and voices to silence. Because as I am now, I'm a very confused man. Because whether to go to left or go to right. Good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fana. It was a beautiful uh, Wednesday evening, 21st of February 2024. Gilbert, good evening. How's your day and how's it going? Good evening, Ponsak. Uh, my day was nice. It was okay. Uh, in the end, productivity is what matters. and So, um, relatively, we're good. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it has been a very, uh, I'll say, great day. Roller coaster. I would say the world has been... I mean, when I woke up this morning, I thought that... I, I'm, you know, one of the things that I love seeing when I wake up is the sunrise. It gives me a feeling that uh, there's, I'm going to have a good day. Mm. Even if I end up, you know, having a rough day, you know, that day. But it just gives me that feeling. But the weather today is like... It feels like June. You know, I... I one of the things that I love to observe is weather... Uh, it, it typically feels like May, June, you know, that uh, like when the, the rain is about, yeah, about to fall, to fall you know, uh, and things and very, very interesting. I noticed that at 10 a.m. today when I walked, you know, um, outside of the door of the office, particularly towards, you know, where that leads. Mm. Of course, that was when I noticed it because it looked kind of gloomy. Not gloomy. And, well, I said kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't like people ascribing, you know, dullness to the weather or you're bad. You know, it happens. Yeah. In reality, it happens. I, we can't take that fact away. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're so much in love with the weather, but these are the I realities. Do. I, I do. Um, so I do. that was when I noticed it. And up until um, the the greater part of today, you know, it's been that way. And the heat somewhat reduced as compared to the other days. For me, I'm speaking from my experience, to other people that could be different and even you know the things we wear can multiply um how the weather affects us but it's all good and um we can't question god what we can do better is to protect the planet is to pl- protect our environment i think um that's ultimately how we can help to contribute our quota yeah well, the national chairman of the Labour Party, or will I say the factional chairman of the Labour Party, has been arrested in uh, Edo State in Benin. And, uh, well, you know, that party at the national level has been having, you know, some scandal, mm-hmm. especially as related to uh, com- campaign, you know, funds. 
uh, while he was arrested following a petition by the party's youth leader, Comrade Irabi Anslem Afimia. The youth leader petitioned the Edo State Commis Commissioner of Police alleging that he was attacked by some party members in December last year. The petition was addressed to the police commissioner uh, dated uh, February 13th. Part of the commission uh, petition read, uh, I, comrade Arabi Anselm, write to you with utmost urgency and grave concern regarding a heinous act of violence perpetrated against me on the 29th of uh, December 2023. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, the national treasure of that party. I mean, it all started uh, during the Julius, the Abu, the Lamidia, Lamidia Papa. Papa uh, uh, you know, when he they were all claiming legitimacy, you know, as to who uh, legitimately controls the Labour Party. And here's what, where we are. You know, Labour Party last election uh, came out, you know, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it really caused a stare, a political stare, you know, in the country, especially with this presidential candidate. Uh, some young people said that, no, they are not in Labour Party, but they are uh, followers of P-Tobi. But here's where the Labour Party is. Uh, you know, Edo State is, you know, at the brink of having an election with the mm -hmm. former NBA champion or president uh, contesting, you know, the number one seat in Edo State. True that, Ponsak. Um, you know what? Um, Opara, Oluchi Opara, mm -hmm. you know, her role in all of that, even of recent, uh, she was suspended by the party, you know, having come out to say, look, account for some of the campaign funds yeah. um, that we garnered and sales of forms. Of course, these are ways and means that political parties generate income for themselves. And um, she came out to, to question that, and she was suspended rather than giving a fair hearing. And I think that's where the error um, stemmed from in all of this, looking at the heightened situation that culminated eventually in the arrest of um, Julius Abure. Abure. Yeah, but it's, it's really tough. Um, this is a party that came out, you know, and attempted to, to portray itself as being Puritan or Puritanistic in nature. Yeah. You want to, you know, describe it as, as Cleans that. Cleans the... Yes, you know, the mess. The mess. So the, to say. To, to change the old order, mm. you know, according to what it said. It said. But um, when you have issues like this, I think if you're clean, it's even a bigger opportunity to present yourself as clean enough as possible. Even though the presidential candidate of that party in the last election came out to say, look... Um, these are the accounts of the campaign fundings, and these are the donations that I made personally and the donations that we received. And he has said, look, we're hiring an international audit firm to come forth and help audit the finances and expenditure of the party as far as the previous election is concerned. We're yet to hear anything about that. And then yet, boom, um, the arrest of the chairman is here. And I think the images that I saw was what baffled me, Ponsak. Um, there is no fair hearing as against what the law stipulate. You just come and then bully somebody. He was on the floor and being dragged into a car from what I saw in the images, if there's anything to go by. I think that's the only worry that I have. You can do this in a more civilized manner. Take the man to wherever you want to take him to. Question him, and if you think um, you've got certain evidence against him, then charge him before the court of law, and let's see what happens before them. So that's, for me, the only concern I have about that issue. Yeah, well, uh, what other stories have you followed, Gilbert? Um, Ponsak, um, Gotulak Pabio is the Senate president yeah. of the country, but he has said that all the protests that um, are going around in the country are sponsored 
despite what we see, despite what Nigerians um, go through. You know, Gilbert, um, with yes. all my respect to his office, yes. I don't take what uh, Gospel Akpavio, you know, will say seriously. I mean, he was the same person who said that uh, monies will be sent to lawmakers, you know, in their mailboxes. Prayers. Like he said prayers, you know, will be sent. He said money, you know, first before, before he said he retracted. Yeah, he yeah. said, you know, prayers. So, uh, for someone, you know, that is has been insensitive. Uh, so you are saying that uh, this people we came out to protest, and they were giving monies. Mm. I mean, if he's in the government, then he should tell us who sponsored, you know, the protests, and for what reason and. Don't people have the legitimate right? And this is very insulting, you know. Uh, this political class thing that uh, because they can hire a rent a crowd mm -hmm. at any point in time, any uh, other person can do. Equally. Yeah, people cannot even, or the Nigerian people cannot even organize themselves mm -hmm. and you know uh, come out to protest. Mm -hmm. And and that is why I mean the NSAS protest was just a tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. of, I think that if they don't fix, because if you listen to. Uh, what young people said in 2020 during October of 2020 mm -hmm. that uh, you joke or oh, you mess with the wrong generation, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, if they continue on this trajectory that uh, uh, we can always rent a crowd, give them T-shirt and give them 500 naira and then, you know, they go. The generation has, you know, gotten so exposed and uh, informed that uh, the NSAS protesters say we don't have any leader, you know, we are unstructured, mm -hmm. we don't... Uh, of, and. Just imagine, as little as clearing up the trash during the answer. I they mean, did. They yes, they did. Yeah, so you I mean, it's, it's very insulting. Mm. So people shouldn't come out to show their, you know, grievance. It's unfortunate. Uh, it's really unfortunate, and I think that um, leaders have to show empathy. I don't know if they even have um, advisors in any case um, to tell them that look. For political exigencies, there are things you shouldn't even be found wanting. Perhaps they think they can always have their way, you know, um, at the end of the day, even when elections come. So whether they are voted or not, they can always win elections and return to office. I think that could be the closest reason we can, you know, attribute to why they speak in such rec with such reckless abandon. It's quite unfortunate. But um, you were asking a question that got me reflecting all yeah. through yesterday up until today. You know, while we're on the show, um, and that's the effect that someone said, according to what you read, um, that we 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 have data, and so we can't do anything other than go on the internet and write stuff. So yeah. we aren't poor enough, or we aren't deeply pained enough. Yeah. So and if think, in the yes. situation that we don't have data, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Ooh, that's that, when we're going to absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It. So um, it got me thinking, and this just adds or even further demonstrate the picture that Nigerians are dealing with. Um, it's unfortunate. It's sad to say the least. But just to hang it there, Ponsak, the DSS, mm. in a similar fashion that the DSS would always do, has come out to say, look, NLC, sheath your sword and don't embark on this protest because they are, they are credible intelligence to suggest that violence might erupt after your protest is organized or if you eventually go back to um, the initial idea. I don't know what you make of that, but... Does yeah, that I mean, come in handy for the NLC? No, I, I think that if there's credible in intelligence, I, I don't know what the law establishing the DSS says, but I think that they, they should preempt and apprehend those who... Uh, because we can't continue you know, keeping people say, don't protest in the name of hoodlums. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we, we can't we can't continue like that. Allow people to. I mean, this is this is a democracy. It's not uh, it's not any form of government. You know, that believe in suppression. It's a democracy, and for people to always you know say that ah, 
if you come out to protest, uh, then hoodlums will come and you know hijack it. Uh, then how then should we exercise our constitutional right? I mean, if it's not the police, it's the DSS. If it's not the DSS, you know, some other uh, government agencies. And then if you check in what the Constitution say, they are saying that uh, the Constitution allows for uh, protests as long as it's not violent. Uh, I think that the DSS can do well to preempt, you know, some of this instead of uh, always saying that if you do this, <laughs> no. Uh, I think that is a subtle way to threaten people. Or to gag the yeah, voices of the people. Yeah, and, and that is not, yeah, uh, just like an Igbo proverb will say, one person can cook for a thousand people to eat, but if <laughs> a thousand people can't cook for one, one person, person. and is going to eat it. So uh, I don't pray for that day, but I think that uh, the government should, the state should always allow the people uh, exercise their right. Let's play this insert. Uh, an aid of government, you know, saying that this is the best decision that Tinubu has taken, taking off subsidy and whatever. you want. come back, we'll have a guest. The show will continue. Stay here. <laughs> Um, I mean, we, we, we can't um, say enough that, um, I mean, we can't emphasize the importance of um, planning. You know, that's, that's important, but we equally understand that um, in the environment we find ourselves, we've got to be realistic that, um, you know, if Mr. President had not removed subsidy at where he did, you know, all of this conversation would probably be different now. You know, it would have been a lot difficult, a lot more difficult to remove it. I mean, in all of this, we're we all feeling the heat, we're all feeling the impact. I mean, it's, it's, it's called the perverse effect of um, otherwise um, good policy. We, we, we can't run away from the fact that um, we, we, it, is part, it is expected that we go through this. However, we, we take solace from the fact that we've made the right decision. You know, it's, it's going to cost us a bit of um, fever, a bit of um, headache, a bit of um, challenges here and there. We will, but... Who, who, who go through it and ensure we make the best out of it. Because either way, it wasn't that um, we, we had it all good before this decision was, make, was, make, was taken, you know, for years. Let's, let's remember that um, whatever it is we are facing through now are things that uh, Mr. President himself had expressed, you know, some 11, 12 years ago. You know, I mean, people would say when he was in the opposition, you, 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 you learn every day. There are a lot of things that um, you, you know, sentiments are logic. No, let's, 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 take, let's take it from um, when Mr. President made the announcement. I mean, well, apart from um, what, what, what he said at the Eagle Square, when he addressed the nation and he talked about the removal of subsidy when all of those interventions were announced, he did say something that uh, maybe a lot of people didn't take um, seriously, but of course, he, he, he did say something that, um, you know, the government is monitoring situation and will intervene you know, when required to. You know, he said this to the nation when he addressed the nation on this. It's, as much as we want these things regulated, you know, we, 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 we understand the imp impact it's got on, on Nigerian citizens. Nobody is um, immune from the effect of all of this. So it is the responsibility of government at whatever time to ensure that, okay, while we are doing the right thing, we, we must ensure that, you know, we do not end up, you know, um, removing the market while we are trying to stabilize the market. I mean, if the, if the people who practice, the, who operate this market can't um, operate anymore because of the hardship caused by all of this, then it means we have no market to regulate. So it's, it's the responsibility of the of, of government to intervene at, you know, any time or every time required to. 
so as to ensure that, you know, while we had, we, we made the right turn, we've taken the right decision to address the impact that's, that's, that's coming with the right decision, government still needs to ensure that, you know, we, we're not just pushing all of the impact on the, on the citizen, as a lot of people would like to think, you know, no, it, it's the gradual thing. The biggest step is actually deciding to move away from one policy that does not entirely integrate us with the global practice. You know, we, we can't isolate in, in, we can't operate in isolation as a nation. So we're going to have to align ourselves with, with, with the global standards. While we're doing that, we understand that there are some local challenges that are going to, you know, affect the lives and um, lively, the livelihood and the welfare and security of the citizens. So it is the government responsibility to intervene in ways required that, okay, we're doing what we need to do. These are the impact that's coming up. We are handling in such a way that, you know, we, we, we're not overly um, trying to be all, you know, firm and uh, it's not, it, it's, it's about the people. Yeah, well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanab. My name is Gilbert Joseph. Yeah, uh, we have the special advisor to Governor Caleb Mudfang on youth engagement and mobilization. That is Honorable Joshua uh, Hitler Fuaja. Good evening. Thank you so much for coming. Good evening, Ponsak. <clears throat> Good evening, Gilbert. Mm. Good evening, Plato. It's mm. once again great to be here. Yeah, well, uh, once uh, to commiserate with you uh, over the demise of, uh, I'll say, the trailblazer. Uh, I mean, what we're doing here, uh, it was a huge, personally, huge encouragement uh, to me. I'm talking about uh, your late dad that was buried some two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, may God uh, grant his soul eternal rest. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations on your appointment. Thank you. How does it make you feel? Well, um, once again, good evening, Plato, and our listeners out there. I would first of all start by appreciating His Excellency, uh, the Governor of Plato State, uh, Barrister Caleb Manasse Mutfuang, for first finding me worthy to serve in, in this capacity. I would always say that there are other bet better hands that can handle this office. And for him, out of the multitude of these great hands, mm. to have chosen me, it's indeed an honor. And once again, an opportunity for me to contribute my quarter mm. in serving the state and also ensuring that we support His Excellency's program to delivering the dividends of democracy and good governance to Plato. Uh, it, it came as uh, first, uh, you know, on a celebrative mood. But were you expectant but, of any appointment? Or, well, actually, or this particular office? Uh, because this is the first time, you know, this office will be given to you. And uh, after you answer this, I'm going to ask you the next question, which is very interesting, by the way. Expectant on the special advisor, you not really. But I believe that uh, His Excellency, who has been guided by God's own uh, plan and purpose, felt uh, that the, it is indeed uh, okay for one who had led uh, the youth directorate in the last general election, has worked closely with uh, young people across the 17 local government, and believes who have uh, 
interacted well with them and you know this office needing one who can actually have interface constant interface with young people and he believed i in his wisdom that uh, the office is best suited for me at this point in time and i so take it with open hands but like i was trying to say is that it came with uh, first the celebrating mood not until i sat to reflect and then realized the burden that's already you know uh, attached to also the the office uh, you know when i'm dealing with uh, the youth mm. the largest uh, group the largest group the most disadvantaged group as it is in nigeria today and groups that are also so ambitious and ready to take up their future uh, like i said denied and i would say that it is indeed a huge one if we were to look at the 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 the, the total uh, the, the office in in totality it yeah. is indeed a huge one and one that will not come easy but um that I'll always be on my knees to to tell god i think there's nothing god cannot do okay yeah. well i i just digging up uh through i mean your history uh, as a person uh, i learned that while in secondary school you were the head was it primary or secondary school head boy secondary school secondary school yeah. when you came to university you SUG president and yeah. you serve as um the director of the youth coordinator of the mutfang article yes. campaign yes. and this position right now yeah. i mean why do you think you always get you know this kind of leadership role that has to directly deal with the people instead of some obscure you know i'm not saying that other positions are not important but yeah, i'm talking yeah. in context you know uh, about you right now uh what 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 do you think you know about do you think it's fate or there's a grand tapestry of event of which we do not know and maybe you know <laughs> okay yeah, i think i would uh, just have this caption for it grace okay um I remember starting from secondary school as a very young timid uh child and the first responsibility was to come and head the student as the head boy. Mm. I never knew that it was to be the preparatory ground for me to keep ascending from one level to the other. And what had been in in the total sense of it that is my uh, if you want to define Hitler's style of leadership in mm. totality would be the humility and then the sacrificial aspect of it and it has always been my focus to remain that way uh just like i've mentioned grace again to the university of jos you know just meeting people accepting everyone for who they are just not having any boundary or barrier mm. you know and then putting people first sacrificing and then ensuring that you make people happy you know you try your best you can't make everybody happy Definitely. but you try to make the generality or you know the majority of the people happy with the way you lead them you know you are mostly worried if they are not happy and then you are always happy if they are doing okay and from there we moved them to the UDGship of the 2003 general election 23 2023 sorry <laughs> you know and uh, you could actually say that that also worked because for you to get this youth agree to you, for you to be their leader they must see certain qualities that they would actually feel comfortable working under and i would say by the grace of god the humility and the selflessness had also paid and it endeared a lot of young people to the youth directorate who were willing to give in their everything because in the end they believe 
This leader listens to us, and then this leader can actually, you know, speak for us. He can sacrifice and do this for us. And now me being in this position, I've, like I've said, sacrifice. So the burden that mentioned earlier that has to do with this office is the fact that you constantly would keep giving. You keep giving, and sometimes it gets drain, draining, actually. But the fact that you see you impacting in the lives of people, in fact, compensates for the giving. And you see you getting better, and you see you getting reformed, rebranded, and getting to other exalted offices as well. So I think, in essence, that has been the the highlight of no magic. my sojourn, yes. No magic, yeah, mm. totally understand that. Mm. This is the first time, you know, uh, a, an executive will create this kind of office, youth mobilization and engagement. Yes. Now, let me just mention a few of the problems, you know, as it pertains youth. Of mm. course, you're not oblivious, you know, to some of them. You yeah. know some of them very mm. well. We have high unemployment, of course. It's mm. even reported in uh, many reputable think tank organizations that Plato State has the high rate of youth unemployment we have the issue of drug abuse, and some weeks ago, uh, women in the community in, south, um, in just south came out and they were destroying you know, uh, some liquor yeah. that are, they think that is very harmful, you know, to their children. Talk to us, you know, what are some of your ideas? What are some of the ideas that you have to, uh, you know, help the youths when it comes to some of these? problems that they are bedeviled with unemployment drug abuse and lot of you know arrestiveness you know cultism you know uh urban, rural urban migration because of insecurity in the mm. villages and and what have you well Ponsac, um let me let me reiterate this fact mm. that i work under his excellency the executive governor mm. as uh, an advisor and I would be so careful to work with his ideology, his thinking. But I know for sure that during the tour we did in the 17 local government, uh, like you've mentioned, these are the enormous challenges facing the youth demography. And he has also, at many instances, mentioned his deep concern for the youths of Plateau. And I've seen him demonstrate that with this huge responsibility has placed on us and other youths through the appointments he has done already. And it is, it will be my own responsibility to have, you know, a one-on-one with my principal, be able to understand his thinking, be able to break the thinking into a workable document. But like you mentioned, the major issues confronting youth on the plateau, having gone around is first unemployment, one would say that you would handle the youth issues in three, on three fronts. Mm-hmm. First, you have the skill acquisition and empowerment plan. Second, you have the scholarship for both academics and then the tech, the, the IT yeah. angle of it. Third, you now have the rehabilitation and then the advocacy angle or reorientation angle of it. However, like I've mentioned, it is on the general scale now that anybody who is concerned about the youth of Plato would look at those issues on those three uh, grounds. For the skill acquisitions and then the empowerment angle of it, you would want to 
look at it in a broader perspective. Say, for those who are not yet skilled mm-hmm. in one or two, you know, uh, skilled, they would. It is an opportunity for the, the administration of Bicycle Movement to mm-hmm. open up this platform that can be able to train our youths, both men and women, in the different sector of this skill, not necessarily the conventional, mm. the carpentry or you know, the... I, I, I love what you say, men and women, because mm. most of the times when we talk about young people, people just automatically assume See, that we're talking about the no, male no, no. gender. No, we're youth, talking about... Yeah. Youth comprises of yeah. both male, male and, yeah. and female. Great, yeah. And of great concern to us now, it's the female now. Yeah. And it is very important that we bring in programs that will train these people, not even locally, to the extent of sending them go international, to get the modern practices in these skills that we hope to have. If you do aluminium, we expect that you can be able to, you can be trained and give plateau the same standard of aluminium work done in the United States where you train or the UK or Canada. If you are an automobile mechanic, we expect that when you return, you should be able to give this. However, you said the rate of unemployment has increased on the plateau. Yeah. That's because plateau has always been seen as a civil service state. Now, the governor is trying to encourage young people to start looking at the entrepreneurship side of survival now. Because you like it or not, government does not have enough space to accommodate the large number of graduates we keep chunking out every year. And we need to diversify now. When we talk about the empowerment angle of it, we're talking about Yes, those youths that have already identified their areas of specialization in terms of this skill, what can the government do in terms of cushioning or giving support for them to run? Most of them are likely have likely returned to farming. You know, they can't go back to these farms because of insecurity. It is very important that we also look at ways that indirectly affect the unemployment rate of these youths now not returning to their farms. How can we secure these places and have these youths return back to farming. What are the subsidy government would place on facilities or uh, equipment such as fertilizer and you know motorized mechanized uh, these tractors for farming? These are some of the sectors we need to look at and you know digest to break them down into a workable document to reach the 17 local government of Plateau State. You now move into the section of you know scholarship. Today, the world is driven by IT. And it is very important that we know, yes, we have conventional courses. Everybody wants to go and be a master holder or a PhD holder in his field, say psychology, say uh, sociology and others. But we now know that these courses are gradually fizzling out to give IT now the center stage. Even if it will mean that Plateau State Government would now have you know, a contract or a, a, a partnership with Silicon Valley to have some of our youths trained abroad, you know, it would really, in the long run, help Plato be an IT state in the future. So there should be a deliberate effort in investing in that angle as well. And then the third one, like Ponsag mentioned, rehabilitation. It's rather unfortunate that most of these people you see or these youths you see on the street doing alcohol and other forms of vices 
are people who have graduated long before now. Some of them will have their masters, but because they are not gainfully engaged or employed, for, out of frustration, some of them delve into this habit. It is very important that for those who have already gone too deep into this, that we need to create a center that would cater for these people. They are, they are on our streets. They are somewhat seen as hopeless, their situations. When we make attempt to salvage the ones that we presume are gone, having put in place the first two pillar policies I talked about, you can now see that you rehabilitate and reintegrate them into the society, giving them the same skill acquisition I talked about, and then the empowerment in itself. And also creating a youth-friendly centers, youth-friendly centers across the geopolitical zones to ensure that these youths are constantly engaged and advocacies for... Yeah, what do you, you have to break down what a youth-friendly center is uh, oh. so that uh, people uh, will understand. Okay, youth-friendly centers uh, constitute most importantly, you have either e-library sections, you have a leadership museum where young people can visit, pay a visit, and they will be able to see autobiography of leaders. Some of them are their mentors. For and they will read through their transition from the their point of vulnerability to the point of independence and the point of value they've had in society. And they could also assess library library for their educational materials and they can also have an interaction where we can have conference halls for interactions and seminars that can be organized quarterly to always enlighten our youth and educate them and get them involved and engaged you can also create that platform for mentorship and uh, uh, leadership training as well so it it's it's, it's a bulk of a whole lot of things one packed together and the government in itself would try its best to see but however we would also create platform for private public partnership to be able you know globally the youth uh, restiveness is a major problem and the world is making attempt to see how it can be able to take care of this group because the group actually, we're, we're losing one of the most, it, I think the youth population is the most productive group. So we are losing productivity, you know, every day in the world and in Nigeria and in Plateau State. There should be attempt everywhere to see how we can be able to walk these things around, salvage the situation and be able to see how we can push the dreams and aspirations of the young people. Well said. You have spoken very well, I must say. Um, so. But let's look at you know the short history no. of politics in Nigeria with, with regards to patronage, mm. political patronage, and how people feel when other parties they did not support come into power. There's usually that loss of confidence. Yes. That look, these people just work for um, their political parties and all of that. Yeah. This, one would think, can constitute a major block in terms of how government intends to navigate through in policy implementation and all that. Mm. Assuming the governor is listening to you right now as mm -hmm. you speak, that mental block that I didn't do your political party and I might just not get anything from it, regardless of um, being a youth as it were, how can the governor be able to navigate, you know, and do you see him as someone who can collapse parties? I know that, look, um, in terms of youth relief and all that, I'm a governor for everyone and not just necessarily for a political party. Well... I would always repeat myself when we started the campaign for uh, His Excellency Vice Kale Mufan. I spoke on 
some grounds that actually made him the best candidate for us to support. One, I said, the man has the fear of God. And I will still insist, he has the fear of God. One who fears God does not segregate, does not create boundary, has only but one responsibility, to do well to humanity. I see His Excellency as one who is trying every day to do projects that spread across both AP, in fact, across the parties for supporters of APC, supporters of Labour Party, supporters of PDP, and any other party. Put, for example, road networks. You would agree with me that you cannot isolate and uh, just say this road is meant to be plied by only PDP faithfuls. Put, for example, this program we want to also put packaged for this youth. I can tell you for a fact, you cannot isolate only PDP youths to rehabilitate and leave the APC youth. It will still mean that you have done nothing because in the end, you have achieved nothing. Once you want to do a clean, a mop-up and a clean-up, it should be seen as general because when Plateau thrives, it does not give regard to where you come from or what party you belong to. It only show plateau to the world. So in this regard, as, as I would use myself as an example, I have a lot of friends in the APC, and one, I know how much they respect me so much because I've, I've always tried not to practice the politics of acrimony and, you know, bitterness. You, you, it's just politics. It's just ideology, what you believe in you sometimes would want to present the better argument to say, I have a better person, a better candidate. You shouldn't get to the point that you would have uh, friction with your friend or brother. And I will tell you that these youths across the APC, a lot of them are just watching on the fence. Should we do well? I can tell you for a fact, they have even called, most of them have even texted me to say they are ready to come back to the fold and uh, work with us. So, I believe that with the leadership of Barista Caleb Mutfang, doing what is just and fair, any leader that is just and fair will just have platonic followership. It will come natural. And when you do that, by the special grace of God, you will not have frictions of, ah, the opposition is doing this or that, except for some people who, have, who would always remain hardened Pharaoh that would even see good and call it bad, except for those ones. And we only pray that only God will do magic in their lives. All right, let's look at, you know, um, the Jaqua syndrome, which relates to the Nigerian space. Yeah. Um, people leave states and go to other states in search of better livelihoods. Um, are you looking at, you know, trying to repatriate even people who are not from Plateau, just make the environment friendly for everybody to come benefit and boost the IGR and, of course, the economy of the state? I don't know if to call this even a question or um, a tip, you know, what to look out for. Eventually, you know, as you progress in the office. Well, when you just mentioned this, I, I, I remember seeing a post of one of my friends who is from the APC block. He said, while Nigerian youths are planning to jackpa, the Chinese people are also jackpaing to Nigeria. So what is really happening? That means there's confusion. Well, on a very serious note, you see, the jackpa syndrome is only but taking away the productive population of the youth, you know, amongst the youth. And any society that is not worried about that, that society is not a serious society. Because I, for one, would, as, a, as a nurse, 
I know how many nurses have already moved out of this country. And the workforce has been reduced greatly. Today, in the healthcare sector, we are understaffed. You want to talk about other fields that are supposed to add value to Plateau State, and you find these youths every day on their system applying for one thing or the other just to leave Nigeria. But I, 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 I would want to key into what you said. You neither asked the question nor wanted to make additional comment to what you expect our government to do. But I would say it's a comment that when we begin to doze out the programs that has to do with this youth empowerment, that has to do with restructuring, rebranding this youth, that has to do with getting this youth feel plateau is it and we can contribute our quarter and be appreciated for. I think we'll have less of these minds living. It's just about expanding the scope and not limiting plateau to the traditional normal way of governance of just doing it, uh, civil service versus road versus you know just water. No, in bringing investors investment in. Uh, I know you are aware that uh, His Excellency had a link with Wyclef uh, Jean, who, right. yes, who is supposed to come and you know set up a movie village for us in, on the plateau. If that is done, the creative industry would have a boost, you know, like never before. You know, Plateau is not seen as one state that can produce quality movie. But if that is done, I can tell you that most of the actors acting in Hollywood today have either stayed in Joss or were born and bred in Joss. And you can see that's the potential of Joss. So there are a lot of things that His Excellency would need to put on deck to ensure that, you know, the the, the 21st century is in plateau. Because why we go out is to go and meet the 21st century. Now, if the 21st century is in plateau, we'd have no reason to move out. And it is our desire that before the end of His Excellency, Steno would have attempted to, if not 60%, do 70% of bringing the 21st century to plateau. All right. I'm proud that you have spoken for a demography I belong to, and I'm quite impressed. So <laughs> wow. that's a vote of confidence. Yeah, zero eight one six one two one eight seven 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 is the phone number to call. Before you call, turn down the volume of your radio or turn it off completely, and then you tell us the name and where you're calling from. And drop your comments on Facebook at JFM Live on X where JFM Joss. Let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, good evening. Yeah, tell us your name and join the conversation, please. Yeah, thank you very much. My name is Eddie Kumara. I'm calling for TJ and TJ. We're listening. Yes, I am actually a comment your guest. I have spoken very, very well. And also want to congratulate him in his appointment. And there is not any uh, doubt in his appointment, in the function or the uh, participation he participated during the uh, campaign of this president administration. And as a youth leader, we have seen his role that he has played as a, uh, a youth leader. You see, when we are talking about plateau youth, we see there's a lot of things that have to be done to tackle the issue of um, uh, job security in plateau. Because you see that plateau is not that industrial. But with the coming and the policy of the uh, Barista Khaled Mukbang, we have known, we have seen that yes, he have come with a lot of package that we will do for Plateau, which is very very uh, recommended. But my question to your guest is that 
what is the package to those youth that are not plateaus indigenous? Because it's up in our community when we know that uh, we have played the role in this present administration. Well, it's very, very discouraging when the people that they know that we do this, they are saying that we are not indigenous of plateau state. But even though some of us are doing this just to uh, tackle the issue of Yeah, well, wrap up your thoughts, sir. Your guest, uh, you should uh, advise that to the governor. You should know that the youth have to be participating in that uh, system of uh, security that the youth, uh, uh, that the plateau state is going to bring. Thank you very much. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, thoughts, uh, Sadiq. 0812187-7777. Or you call 090 Nine. Don't forget to turn down the volume of your radio or you turn it off completely. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Good evening, Boss. Thank you for calling. We're listening to you. Tell us your name and join the conversation. Thank you. I'm Musa Kalu calling you from Bochi Park. We're listening. Thanks for calling. You see, whether we like it or not, whatever the guests are standard, it's only future we care. Just the way the governor has formed and he's performing and we are seeing. In as far as we as Nigerians, until we start seeing, and the greatest fear I have, Bonsat, let me tell you, it's all about continuity. He may be there willing to walk, but what happens after him? Is there any, any, any moment of continuity after him? That is the situation we are talking about, when we are talking about Having an institution that nobody comes to ten, ten, to, 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 to temper with. You see, you see, you, you, so many uncompleted, un, uncompleted projects. Everybody comes with his own project and go and leave you people with them. Something that will benefit people right from the beginning. You see all these things we are talking about. Talking about this issue of narcotic drugs and all these things. These things have been in place since Daradonada. If it has been consistently, will we get to this point? That is what we should be talking about. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your thoughts. Gilbert, maybe you take us through our social media, please. Yeah, let's look at Facebook first. Um, this time, bottom top, Superstra says, Seriously, people are suffering, but I know God will not shame us in Jesus' name. That's a prayer. And Achong Jeff Mawada says, Good evening, guys. May God help us in Nigeria. And Clement Basil says, The Senate president does not merit that seat. The cap does not fit him. Is he now a clergy to send prayers to his colleagues? Congratulations to Mr. Pajok. Please tell His Excellency the masses are living from hand to mouth. There is hunger in the land. No even sidewalk cement. No be our mate. Godwin Sule says, um, I urge the government to do something fast before the issues on ground go out of hand. Richard Ebita says, 
Governor Caleb Mutfang has shown capacity by his display of appointing both the young and the elderly into his administration in order to maximize the potential of this group of people for effective governance. Comrade Hitler, you have done well. And Richard, okay, I just took Richard's comment. Jimmy, Pam Jerry says, it's good seeing a number of youths such as the Commissioner for Transportation, Sports, DG, PEPSA, DG, Plateau Drugs and Commodities Agency, Advisor on Youth Mobilization, ETC. I believe in their capacities, knowing fully well that fresh ideas and innovations will be brought to bear, not forgetting the importance of education at the grassroots. Deal Anaka says, can you please bring anybody from Waterboard? Let them come and explain to us why they give us um, water in Anguan Rukuba once a month, yet the water dam is full and we'll be approaching another raining season again. Joseph Ajili says, we are in your hands, Lord. APC have finished us. Good evening. Longji Ngum says, to me, let the federal government allow state governors to have state security in order to secure the lives and property of their citizens. Nigeria has become almost like a failed state. Geoffrey Noah says, I think government needs to engage the youth more in, into the leadership system so that we can have a good society to lead. Most of the youth out there are jobless and need to be engaged for meaningful development. And Mark Dachun says, Please, this is the third time I have been complaining of you not reading my full comment, Gilbert. Can you call me and tell me the reason, or is my comment? That's not the point. Usually, time is just so against us. Maybe, Sorry. Yeah, maybe you read the full comment so that he's, you'll be happy to. Yeah, do. okay, because what I know is I am responsible for my comments. That's what he has said, and he doesn't understand why I don't read his comments in full. Okay. Big apologies, Mark Dachong. Okay. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Yeah, Pastor Rick from Refuge here in Jos. Well, thank you for Pastor calling. Good evening. I'm um, Gilbert and the, the guests. Yes, for listening. Yes, uh, I, I thank God uh, that uh, Mufan is doing very well in Plato, and we want him to continue. Uh, the, the, the insert that you played. The spokesperson of Mr. President is a really concern to Nigerians that those who sat in the office for eight years is coming to tell Nigerians about removing of this subsidy that have created problems everywhere today. And we have seen how the country is, that, that everywhere you go, hunger is written in the face of Nigeria, a country that have everything that it, we are supposed to take help ourselves. We could not be able to do such. Um, Mr. President and his economic team should do this work speedily to bring the Nigerian nation back to how they meet it in 2015. We cannot take this kind of activity of your advancement 10,000 naira and the, and the other items like rice and everything in the market is flying high. And you are telling Nigeria you will be taking crude oil to, to somewhere and, and refine and bring it back to, to the country. And Nigeria is keeping quiet to listen to these things they are telling us that they didn't know. Why did they uh, fight against the subsidy 2020? 
were with us. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Well, uh, Honorable Hitler, please go ahead and give your concluding remarks uh, while responding to the comments. You have a question that was asked by Sadiqia, please. Yes. Um, my very good friend, Sadiq Umar, from TTNT Junction, uh, I've, I've, I will always salute your doggedness and uh, your desire to see uh, uh, working Nigeria, if I will put it that way. Um, one of the things you, you just mentioned that struck me is the fact that how can the governor incorporate non-indigents, uh, you know, into his program? I would want to say that it's rather becoming strange if I would start talking about indigents and non-indigents. Mm. And like I've always said, even uh, if you take the example of the road networks uh, he has done over time, you would see that it has no room for that segregation. And for every person, if you perceive yourself as non-indigent, as long as you reside or stay on the plateau, settle on the plateau, you are one of us. By the special grace of God, you belong to a particular ward that belongs to a particular local government that belongs to the state entirely. So you, you, you are not staying or settling in isolation. You are bona fide people on the plateau. And to that regard, I know His Excellency would always ask us to work with people right from the grassroots and every plateau citizen every plateau everybody that stays on the plateau belong to the grassroots as far as grassroots is concerned uh you said youth involvement and uh, in security actually no one would doubt that the youth are in fact the best suit for whatever security uh, measure you would put in the state they have the energy they have the resilience they have the, you know, everything it takes for them to, to, to guard or safeguard the society. It's only if we provide them with the necessary equipment to work that they would work. And by the special grace of God, that is why you see everybody's agitating for state policing. So that they'll be able to engage productively these young people to be able to man the territorial boundaries of their communities. And that is very important to His Excellency by the Caleb Mutfang's administration. Uh, continuity after Mutfang, according to one of the guests, I, I know it's the most difficult thing. Like you said, institutions and systems that tend to subvert the will of the people in the end, you know, are responsible most times for us not having candidates of our choice to come in. Mm -hmm. However, we can only but get better with what I know are the people, are, the enlightenment that has gone around with the level of awareness of the people, we would always press on for our votes to get counted and for transparency to be seen to have been done. Um, I know, let me appreciate all the callers. It's not going to be a walk in the park for us because taking off from where we took off, you would understand that uh, the challenges are enormous. But we can only but pray that God will give us the enablement to be able to, you know, uh, accomplish all the promises made to the people of Plateau State. Yeah. And I, like I will say, it is indeed a pleasure to serve under a leader who is visionary. It is indeed an honor to serve under a leader who has the fear of God. It is an honor for me to be able to contribute to the development of Plateau through the office of His Excellency, the Executive Governor of Plateau State. And I would say, though the problems and challenges may tarry, but one day, hopefully, we will see the end to this. And we will seek all the support of every youth on the Plateau, regardless of party. We should come together and work as young people 
because the future is ours. If we destroy it, we would be the ones at old age to bear the brunt. Mm. If we work together and fix it, we'll be the ones at old age to, you know, smile and be happy with ourselves that we indeed are living a plateau that is, 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 is blissful, it would flourish, thank and you. then would keep all the promises for our children and our children's children to come. Thank you. So thank you for having me. It's a pleasure always being on JFM. Thank you, uh, Honorable Hitler, uh, Project, for coming. A really interesting conversation with you. We pray uh, for wisdom, courage to do the right thing and stand with the people at all times. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. And when it becomes on us to tell the truth, be rest assured. We would call, we would text, we would chat. We appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Good yeah. evening. Thank My you. name is Ponsak Fanab. The news will come your way up of the hour, 6 o'clock. Have a good evening. Bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. 